From the campus of Stanford University and on location, this is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast featuring in-depth one-on-one interviews with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and high-performance game changers committed to extraordinary ideas, preeminence, and multi-generational success. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggles, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes these game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by Tom Dioro, principal of Podfather Media. Thank you, Tatum. For our guest today, let's welcome Clarence Mamoyak, Jr., fellow American Institute of Architecture and lead AP. Clarence is also the president and CEO. Clarence enjoys collaborating with cities, counties, schools, and universities on an array of project types. He's passionate about architecture that brings communities together through wellness and athletics, and he thoroughly enjoys leading communities on a consensus building process in order to reach a design that benefits everyone. For more information, feel free to visit elsarc.com. Again, that's elsarc.com. Calm. Clarence, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm always honored to uh, to, to talk with you. Hi, Tom. Thank you for the invite. Clarence, as we uh, spoke before the show, do you have a mantra or a prayer or a quote from someone that's uh, ins- inspirational for you, a family member, any other source that you can share that kind of moves you and kind of sets a tone to your day? So one of the, one that always comes to mind in every day and what I do is never discourage anyone who continually makes progress, no matter how slow. That's a Plato, and <laughs> uh, again, it's it's perfect for what we do. Our projects seem to take forever, but it's just patience, and generally, uh, everybody who works on them just needs the right amount of time to get all the ideas out and tested. Clarence. Where did you get that sense of patience with drive too? Because uh, I noticed that in a lot of your projects, there's a there's there's both. You need that tenacity, that uh, wisdom, and then that patience again. Hmm. Where did I get that from? It, that well, that boy, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever thought about it that much. I guess my dad had a big influence, and he certainly had a lot of patience with me. Uh, but uh, you know, I I think I think through school and through our studio projects, and in fact, uh, one of the folks, one of my mentors, Don Logan, who I spent a lot of studio time with, was someone who I probably picked that up from. And how so? I mean, I don't know if there were any like galvanizing moment or moments where you really realized, you know, this is kind of a the man I, I, I want to be at some level. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, Don was pretty influential. Not only Don, but Don had a partner, Barry Albasani, who was also very influential. I think just the two of them, uh, being around them, it was almost like uh, doing a doing <laughs> post-grad work as I was in their office in my early years. Now, if you can, what point did you decide, you know, I really enjoy and love architecture? Were there, again, back to a galvanizing moment or moments where you, you really felt that there was a connection and uh, a calling, so to speak? Oh, that's easy. That was really, really young. I don't know. I might have been in kindergarten or first grade, but uh, my dad, who was a landscape architect, I, I got to hang out in his office a bunch. I was always drawing stuff, and it was just a lot of fun. And uh, 
I thought, you know, I could hang out in an environment like this. And uh, it just happened. <laughs> How about teachers? Can you share with us some teachers that were influential and really uh, inspired or pushed you forward? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I mentioned Don Logan. I mentioned Barry Albasani. Uh, Frank Fuller was another one of those who was a big influence in my life. Frank, again, who, who was not only a thesis advisor, but later on a colleague, was someone who, he didn't focus just on buildings, but he focused on the city they were in. I mean, all the contacts that influenced us. So Frank is is definitely one of those folks. Uh, Joe Escherich was another, probably known mo most for his work in the Bay Area and his Bay Region style, another very influential modernist. And then a number of landscape architects. Hideo Sasaki comes to mind. Uh, Thomas Church comes to mind and Garrett Ekbo. I think there's just been a collective of folks who have been pretty influential. I mean, I look to their work. It's very inspirational. I mean, today it's it just it's timeless. Yeah. Just on, on that note of timeless, I've told you before and I'll say it again to your audience that I love your work. And it's not just obviously the design, but there's an influence with the landscape that I see that... Uh, Many architects aren't as, um, I don't know how to say it, but, but, but it just seems it's, it's important to you and it really stands out. And I can see it in the people who look at you, who, who see your work. Is that, is that by design? That's, well, that's very nice of you to say. You know what? If, if, if that's the way you feel about it, that's great to hear. Um, <laughs> is, I, you know, is. I, I hope, I hope it's received like that by, by lots of folks. I think one of the things that maybe makes that successful are the 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 folks that I get to work with, um, you know, beginning with my staff and the folks at ELS and all of our great consultants. Uh, I mean, it's truly a team effort. You know, that's the way our office approaches projects. I think the key there is I get to work with lots of talented people. And working with a lot of talented people and working with cities that have their own unique needs wants, expectations. How do you find that ability to balance all that and still keep a very, uh, I'm going to say my opinion of you because I think very well of you, is, is a level head, but with a sense of heart? Well, let's see here. Let me, let me unpack that a bit. You know, uh, again, uh, this is going to sound like a, a, a maybe a big cliche, but again, it's it's truly about the team that approaches these projects. I mean, I have the responsibility of, of, of certainly directing the project, but unless unless I have, uh, you know, these, these great folks behind me and to the side of me as well, it's nearly impossible to pull off. I mean, we work in we work in cities that, uh, again, are they're very complex. They're they're just you know, there's, there's politics, there's the price, there's regulations. I mean, there's just a myriad of, of issues that you have to address in any one project. And uh, I would say that our, our ELS teams are well adept at, uh, at handling sort of these complex programmatic issues. You know, it's, it's experience. It's lots of years of experience. I think sort of drawing from what we've learned on previous projects and how we move forward through a process is, is, is all a part of it. 
it's also a lot of fun. You know, whenever you get to work with a, a new client in a new city and um, you get to help them sort of develop this new community resource, that's a high honor in my book. And uh, to um, to get to participate in that is 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 lots of fun. And again, we know that we're going to at the end of the day influence a lot of folks by creating more access to again community resources. It's excellent. You're listening to the Entrepreneurs Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford ninety point one FM. We're talking today with Clarence Momoyek Jr. President and CEO of ELS Architecture and Urban Design, a Berkeley-based architecture and urban design studio. For more information, feel free to visit ELSARC.com. Again, ELSARC.com. Clarence, on uh, the subject of uh, community, each, of course, each city has its own community and, and whatever their expectations are. Were there any people that you kind of learned from as well to, to how to work with each respective community and what it is that community values and what it is that community, uh, what their expectations are? You know, I, I, I'd like to, I go back to a project of about uh, oh, 20 years ago, um, which was pretty influential in just working with diverse user groups and sort of, you know, how to be open and how to be receiving of input. And I go back to the East Oakland Sports Center project where the the champion of that project was a, a grandmother in the East Oakland community, Jackie Castain. And it was Jackie's dream to essentially provide a place where black youth in the area could learn how to swim. And she spoke of, of an incident uh, that today is just seared in my brain of East Oakland uh, youth who had hopped the fence and had fallen into a pool and had drowned. And it was because they had, they didn't know how to swim. And so her goal, based on that, was to make sure that uh, the underserved community of East Oakland had an opportunity to learn how to swim. And that was the seed that got this project going. What was interesting about it is it started out, uh, believe it or not, as uh, part of the uh, Bay Area's Olympic bid for the, I want to say the 2012 Olympics. And it was going to be a training aquatic center. And it was a very big project at the time. But after that faded away and the Bay Area did not get the nomination, that's when uh, Ms. Castain uh, came forward. And she stated her reasons for, for, for why aquatics was important to the East Oakland community. And uh, her, with the combination of council member Larry Reed, were able to get the funding in place. And we got to build the East Oakland Sports Center. Excellent. Now, on the, on the subject, again, of aquatic centers, you, you've done the Stanford, amongst others, and uh, I love swimming, and I love aquatic centers, and yours are some of the best on the planet, in my opinion. <laughs> is, is, that, is that a specialty of yours, is the aquatic centers? Well, you know, it's interesting. Stanford was probably the first big competitive venue that we did. 
and, uh, and that I worked on, um, and again, almost 25 years ago. And after Stanford came USC, which was in 2014, and after USC came the California Legends Complex at Berkeley, and that was just a couple of years ago. In between, there have been a number of centers, but uh, you know, once you do one, you kind of become an expert uh, in some ways, and by no means <laughs> do we know everything about pools, uh, not at all. Again, there's an incredibly talented and knowledgeable team that comes with us on every project. But uh, through that process, uh, and just focusing on the Pac-12, you learn quite a bit just by doing one. And each one of these schools is so unique. I think if you looked at all three centers together, you couldn't tell that the same architect had had designed all three. And, and that's just the way it works. Uh, you know, each one of these schools has a very particular sort of aesthetic. Uh, they have a very particular campus. There are all kinds of uh, outside influencers that drive the design on each campus. So they all become very unique pieces. You know, I, if I were lucky enough to do 30 more of these, there would be 30 more different centers. And again, I, I, I each each campus is is very special in that way. Yeah, I love that. That's another word I'd I use to describe your work. Is there's a great uh, range, as you said. There's it, one does not look like the next, does not look the next. It's a very individual. Brings me to the business of architecture. How is it for you? Well, that's a general question, but the business of architecture and why it's as important as the architecture itself? Well, uh, you know, I, I think the way to answer that is, um, first of all, you have to do, you have to do great work. And, and believe me, um, our competition out there, they all do great work. Anybody who we compete with, they, they, they're great. No doubt about it. And so the, the business aspect to me is what's the differentiator anyway between you and your competitors? And how do you use that to win work? I mean, to me, it's, it's about business development in so many ways. You know, our competitors are thinking the same thing as well. I think we all sort of have figured out how to, how to run a business, how to staff a project, all of those things. But at the end of the day, if you, if you don't have new work, uh, you're not going to be around very long. So there's this constant churn of pursuing you know the next project for me that's the big responsibility of mine and it's something that i really love doing you know it's it's not everybody's it's not everybody's desire to do that um i think i think that's just something different about me um and i i like meeting new people new adventures all of that is about the pursuit in my mind and it's very exciting well, that that pursuit. I know that you you play baseball and you're you're competitive athlete. I would say even as we speak, how much do you think that transfers into your work life as well? Uh, well, just so nobody gets the wrong impression, yeah, I, I attempt <laughs> to play baseball and I and I do love it. And uh, even at my young age of of sixty one ish, um, I I love playing baseball. I still do. Um, it's my favorite sport of all time. But all that said, I think, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, I think anybody who has competed in anything, 
whether that's a, a, a chili cook-off okay. to something in athletics, uh, to something in the musical world, anything, uh, the, uh, uh, an essay contest. I think everybody has a little, they have a little competition streak in them. And, you know, I, yeah, I draw from, from athletics. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of the work I do has an athletic sort of bent or a sports and recreation bent, um, because I love sports. Anything with a ball and a clock, I'm there. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that's just, uh, that's just a lot of fun. And then in, in some of my work, I get to work with some of the most gifted athletes in in the world and you know it's so much fun learning about how they go about their craft you know it 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 continues to make us at ELS up our game as well and so i think that's the essence of it is is just appreciating what these super athletes do and um i mean i we're we're really lucky in that i've uh well she's she's certainly not a new hire uh, she's been with us for some time now but we have a five-time olympic gold medalist on our staff now and that's dana volmer dana volmer grant she's an incredible individual i mean again a three-time olympian five-time gold medalist, seven medals overall. And she has some great stories, but she has come in to help us as she's our liaison between sort of coaches, competitors, and and the design team. And she's a very integral part. And um, I've seen our clients really like that aspect and that sort of new value-added service that we've brought to the table. Yeah, Dana's a special person. So I, I think that's that's sort of one of the interesting, maybe entrepreneurial aspects of architecture is is not to so much um, as architects we 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 kind of you know stay in our silo and we get a program and we design something, but in fact we try as hard as we can, at least we do, uh, to put ourselves in our clients, in the stakeholders, in the user group shoes. And Dana helps us get there even a little more securely. And so that's that's one of the great things I, I love about, about our process. Actually, this is excellent, Clarence. This is also the uh, Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. Our public service announcement is going to be for uh, UC Berkeley's Environmental College of Environmental Design. Their vision is to do uh, provides leadership to address the world's most pressing urban challenges. For more information, you can go to CED dot berkeley dot edu again ced dot berkeley dot edu we're talking today with clarence momoyak junior principal and president president and ceo of els architecture and urban design a berkeley-based architecture and urban design studio for more information feel free to visit elsarc.com again elsarc Dot com. Clarence, can you share with us why uh, the uh, UC Berkeley College of Environmental Design means much to you? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, that's easy. So uh, 
again, I did my undergraduate work there and my graduate work there. It's where I met uh, Don Logan and Barry Albasani and Frank Fuller, three great mentors. And uh, I met my wife there as well. <laughs> in addition to all of that, um, since then, I've, I've participated in a number of juries uh, in, in the architecture department. But more recently, I signed up uh, to be on the Dean's Advisory Council for the College of Environmental Design. And through that work, I've learned of the challenges that many, many first-generation college students have uh, in going to a four-year university. It, it, it gets down to, it's, it's so basic for these kids as they're coming in, they're, they're making decisions on whether or not to buy school supplies versus to buy food. And that just seems unfair in all kinds of ways. The Dean's Council has, has tried to find ways to help mitigate that. I have had uh, fundraisers of my own with other colleagues. And in fact, we started in-house uh, at ELS to create a small fund that would help uh, mitigate these issues as well. But, you know, that's just one aspect of the work of the council. You know, it's, it's, it's fun being a part of that. I, I feel as if I'm doing something to give back. And so it's pretty near and dear to my heart for those reasons. Excellent. Clarence, I notice a theme through our interview to this point is uh, there's a lot of people that are a part of, of you, your life, personally and professionally. Does that is just much inspiration as design to work with that and to make a better, it may sound cliche, a better world, but at least a better community? Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I think that's what um, it was one of the reasons uh, I, I think I enjoyed my undergrad and graduate work so much was that architecture or the process of design, at least the way I've been brought up around it, is, is one of deep collaboration. So that means lots of folks working together to hopefully come to some kind of consensus. And uh, that's stuck with me. I, I think our, our firm uh, and all the people I get to work with are um, tremendously collaborative and uh, great consensus builders. You know, I think that's, that's where we draw a lot of success from. Yeah. Other than being a great architect, as an entrepreneur, how much do you feel it, it plays in, uh, in architecture? That sort of mindset, the, the, the entrepreneurial mindset. So great architects, that, that, those are big words. And uh, I don't know about great. Uh, <laughs> I'm sticking, <laughs> I'm sticking with, it. with it. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the sort of the entrepreneurial aspect of, of the profession, I think is it's, it's uh, intertwined. It's integral with it. Uh, no doubt about it. Again, I think you have to approach every day as as being entrepreneurial from from some vantage point, whether that's the vantage point of of how to find work in the business development sort of scheme of things, or or how to solve a an important problem and uh, an important design problem for a client. I, I think we're always sort of reaching uh, and trying to explore and develop new ways of doing that. And, and I would, 
I would refer to that as 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 somewhat entrepreneurial thinking and approach. Mm-hmm. Clarence, what would you uh, like to add for your show today that we may not have touched on that really uh, is important to you? Hmm. I think the, you know, again, uh, speaking from sort of the entrepreneurial aspects and, and especially, oh my goodness, especially in the times that we're in right now uh, with this pandemic, I think we've all had to learn entrepreneurial skills or at least beef what we thought we had as, as those types of skills, beef those up in, in sort of my sense of things is that I think we at ELS have been, we've always worked very closely together. I know for me and, and for the teams that I work with, I try to stay in touch. I mean, in close touch. And that was pre-pandemic. And I think that sort of uh, spirit of, of, of collaboration and closeness has helped us get through these times. I don't think, uh, you know, everybody at, at the firm, they have been incredible troopers, you know, in working this way. Um, you know, I often say that we now have 60 or so satellite offices around the East Bay. And, uh, you know, it's true. Everybody is kind of, they're set up, they set up their own office, but, um, we're all getting the work done and the work has, has not suffered. I think it's at a high level still. And uh, we look forward to pushing on. Yeah. Until we, until we, until we, until we can go back to our office. <laughs> what would you attribute if you can attribute it to one thing or, or, or whatever it is? How you're able to adjust, have those sixty satellite offices, and still perform at the highest level? Okay. Yeah. I. You know. Again. I. It's. It's kind of a constant theme in 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 how I respond to some of these questions, but. I've got, again, a very talented and brilliant set of partners. They help get all of this done. They've helped with the outreach. They, too, have been very close with the staff pre-pandemic and uh, continue to be a great resource to everybody in the firm. You know, again, it's it's not one person. It's not just me, but it's several. And I think the, uh, the leadership team that we have... Uh, is uh, largely responsible for, again, our success right now. Uh, I think that's that's really important. Clarence, it's been an honor and a pleasure having you on your show today, and thank you very much. Uh, I hope you consider coming on very soon because uh, it's, it's always great t- uh, talking with you. Yeah. Oh, I would love to, Tom. Thanks for the invite. It's uh, always fun. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast. Our guest today has been Clarence Mamoyek, Jr., FAIA, Lead AP and President and CEO of ELS Architecture. Clarence enjoys collaborating with cities, counties, schools, and universities on an array of project types. He's passionate and passion is true about architecture that brings communities together through wellness and athletics. And he particularly enjoys leading communities on consensus building process in order to reach a design that benefits everyone. For more information, feel free to visit elsarc.com. That's elsarc.com.
www.thinkandgrowthpodcast.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another purpose-driven entrepreneur or high-performing game changer committed to ideas, positive outcomes, and a better world. I'm Tom Dioro. The Entrepreneur's radio show and podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and on location. The chief audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos. Chief engineer is Mark Lawrence, and we are all assisted by Peter Caroline and Omar L. Sabrao. And the executive producer and host of The Entrepreneur's Show is Tom Dior. If you wish to contact us, our email is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu.